Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. My guest today is Annette Stelloy, the VP of Business and Marketing at DirtyBit, the Norwegian studio behind the fun-run titles for mobile with 125 million-plus downloads. Annette joined the company about five years ago and has had a key role in growing the team from eight to 22 employees. Annette is also a co-founder of the Women in Games Norway. I'm very excited for this particular conversation because Annette and her team have had experiences that are a direct counterpoint to a very public position that I've personally had. In many articles and forums online, I've stated that distribution on mobile is very, very hard without paid user acquisition. And this is for many reasons that I've described in these articles and forums. Yet, Annette and her team crossed 100 million plus installs for the fun run series of games with zero paid user acquisition. They relied primarily on the community to capitalize on a lot of early virality and sustain this growth trajectory for years. Yes, mobile can be primarily pay-to-play, and it can be hard to succeed without user acquisition, but it's not impossible. And this conversation with Annette showcases exactly what circumstances and what strategies let you evade the primarily pay-to-play nature of the mobile app ecosystem. And for that reason, I'm very thrilled to have this conversation. I'm very excited to welcome Annette Stalloy to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Annette, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to have you because you and your team have a story that is so unlike nearly every game or every app that we have seen. Uh, And if anything, I myself wrote this article just a few weeks ago about why paid user acquisition is primarily the most important way for most apps to grow, but you and your team's experience illustrates just the way you guys have done the exact exact opposite in growing to 100 million installs with no user acquisition. Definitely a perspective I want to dig into. Right. Yeah, I think it's uh, good that we talk today because the more people I meet, the more people I hear that, yes, everybody's talking about paid UA and paid UA is the yeah. only way to success. And, yeah. and I think that there are still companies who, who grow and succeed. Uh, yeah. Of course, paid user acquisition is getting more and more important, but it's also nice to hear the stories that it's actually possible. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be talking to you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, to get started, can you break down what organic growth means for the games that you and your team have worked on? Does that mean referrals, like people organically finding you on the app stores, 
what, what, what this organic mean? Can you break that down for us? Yeah, I think I want to go back to 2012 when uh, our story started because the founders of the company, they grew up together and they were playing uh, Sonic and Mario Kart and they were sharing these experiences, you know, playing together, sharing the, the screen. And uh, they wanted to recreate this competitive or this feeling on, on mobile phones. So uh, they didn't find a lot of games in the store that was real-time multiplayer. It was more turn-based. So they wanted to, to, uh, to, to make a real-time multiplayer game. Um, and uh, yeah, so they come up with the Fun Run, which had also a bit of unusual graphics. And uh, you could play together with friends, regardless of you know phone or, or type of phone. Uh, so what happened is that uh, we launched the game in September 2012. We saw some installs, mostly from friends here in Norway. <laughs> and then we added a competition to just the info screen in the app itself, uh, where we asked the players to tweet about hashtag FunRun for a chance to win coins in the game. And the funny thing is that, you know, we can read about all the best practices and everything, but we didn't even have a, there wasn't even a share button or a button for Twitter. So people just went to social media, tweeted about hashtag fun run to win this. And then we saw that the number of downloads doubled in a day. Yeah. And then it just doubled again and doubled again. Wow. And then uh, it went viral. So we actually t uh, trended on Twitter worldwide. So uh, we tracked the start of this to a school in Texas, I think, where some kids at school were playing during their break. And what happens if, if you get a game that's new and you can play together with your friends and it's mm -hmm. you know, intense and competitive. So people would sit there and you know, scream and shout if they win or lose. And then yeah. it gets a lot of attention and everybody wants to join in. Yeah. So then they start talking about this, this game called Fun Run, which was a short, catchy, catchy name. Yeah. And uh, so word of mouth was uh, spreading this game all over the world. And uh, as I mentioned, trending in, in uh, Twitter and in search. And we went into the top list in the US. So we were the number one app, not even games. It was the overall uh, app. Uh, yeah. was a, a game made by a very small young team in, in Norway. So yeah. uh, that, that's how our story started, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, you spoke about how the school in Texas really for, was a starting point of this crazy virality. Yeah. How did your team discover that it's the school in Texas? And once you noticed that, what, if any, were some of the things that your team did to improve on this, to optimize this? Yeah, we checked uh, social media. It was uh, a lot on Twitter back then. Yeah. And uh, we saw a lot of videos, people sharing, people filming. Uh, the, you could see it, uh, hallways in schools where everybody was sitting yeah. in, <laughs> on the yeah. floor playing together. And uh, we also saw that, for example, on Twitter, they used some language that, that we didn't know. So it was, for example, uh, want to catch an L. Uh, so we didn't understand what it meant, but we saw a lot of people sharing and tweeting about it. So we added some uh, custom text in the game so you could, after the, the game ended, and if you won or would, whatever position you came in, you could uh, press this button and then it would uh, tweet the image or the text. So we tried to build on what we saw that the users were already talking about. 
And then we kept on updating the game and trying to make, like our our mission is today, is to let people create memorable moments so that they would want to share. So if it would be either winning over the friends or uh, playing together uh, either at school and or on holiday or at the beach or whatever they were, they were Mm -hmm. just making a lot of content um, Mm -hmm. and also videos. So they kind of marketed the game for us. Right. So it's almost like you guys rode the wave that you guys saw was building up in these high schools in America. Yeah. And uh, we also saw that uh, in different periods of of the year, typically when people are, for example, studying to their exam, and yeah. uh, or if you have some other things you need to do, you like to do something else, procrastinate. And uh, we could also see that on the trends, on the right. digital uh, analytics. So, uh, but I think it's, it's a lot about having, you know, a new game type of game experience on the phone. And uh, this was 2012, the first game. So it was kind of new. Uh, today, it's a different yeah. offering in the, in the stores. But what we see even now that people still remember, they have clear memories from that Christmas. They played together the whole family. And like Thanksgiving in 2018, we went from the office on Friday evening. And in Norway, Thanksgiving is not that big a deal in in Norway. So we're just going home as a regular weekend. And then we saw something happening on the servers. And we thought there was some mistake, some errors or something going on. But it was just installs. And uh, there was a tweet from someone who remembered a Thanksgiving where everyone was playing Fun Run. Yeah. So the, the tweet uh, was retweeted 150,000 times within a few hours. And then wow. we started trending in search. And this was totally unexpected. This was yeah. 2018. The game was quite yeah. old already. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. these things happen. So I, I like to talk about you know, optimize for luck and uh-huh. uh, for things like these to, to happen if you... For for our part, it can be, you know, uh, in general, making a game that people will remember. We still yeah. see stories where people have met each other, uh, getting to be yeah. friends because of the game, or even, you know, with that summer vacation or that yeah. bus trip. So they have these memories, and they will talk about it to their friends. Yeah. And uh, we still see that now with three games in the series. We see that more than half of the insults come from people searching for either fun run or something that sounds like fun run. It can be fan run or they have heard about the game. So they know what they are looking for. Yeah. You know, and what you said reminds me that oftentimes, at least people like us in the gaming industry, they can be, it's easy, at least for myself to get lost in spreadsheets and opt-outs and LTVs. And oftentimes stories like this remind us that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of games can be joyous and fun experiences. Absolutely. And we, we keep uh, in our office, we have one wall uh, designated for fan art. Yeah. Also to remind us to look up from those spreadsheets and yes. <laughs> analytics and all, just to see that these are the, the players. This is what they like. And they make memes and videos. And uh, one of the things we have seen uh, great results from is, for example, uh, to... Uh, have a news feed in the app mm-hmm. and then we can inform if there is a big update but we can also feature videos so if we find some good uh, videos on on youtube 
-hmm. we can feature that in the app. So we will also send the users to their channels. So when we did that, we saw an increase in the number of videos because people try, oh, maybe I can get my video featured in there. So if we post, uh, like, usually on Fridays, we have Fan Art Friday or Fun Run uh, Friday and then people can you know draw something or make something yeah. and then we draw some winners and they win something in the game yeah these uh, types of posts they have a, a lot higher engagement uh, right. compared to just informing about the new update for example sure sure yeah. sure and it sounds like from the very beginning community was a big part of why the game took off and uh, I understand it still is to some to a great extent yeah. So how have you guys managed or thought about community? Is there a community manager with a specific mandate to engage X number of people every week? Is there sort of a live ops calendar? Can you talk more about yeah. what the community management approach is? Absolutely. We do have in the game itself, we have uh, things happening like events going on. Uh, we have uh, frequent updates to the game itself, yeah. so we engage by, you know, informing about uh, updates. But we, yeah, we have a, a community manager, and we have a, a team working on live ops. So we uh, make sure that we have every week we have posts. We have uh, we try to engage the player community. We also have ambassadors in game. So we recruit ambassadors from time to time. They get their set of, you know, a special ambassador equipment. Since in this game, you can have different characters and you can dress them up in different, you know, uh, all sorts of cool swag. And people do that. It's customization of their character. They don't run faster. It's just for the customization right. uh, and for the bragging, <laughs> bragging yeah. of the new cool character. And uh, we have a program for them where we uh, have developers and our, our community manager engage in their discussions and we share some information to them before we inform uh, all the players. Uh, so what we see is that the ambassadors that we have, they also create engaging content. They have maybe in communities, they have different competitions and they help new players and they make, if we have a new feature, they might make a, you know, introduction of the new feature or the new power-up yeah. so it's uh it's very clear to us when we look at when we look at you know impressions that community made uh content is more engaging yeah. often than a typical sales sales pitch or a sales yeah. post would would be uh, so we also monitor, uh, you know, content that is engaging and we also monitor our own content and we have a, now our community manager, she looks for all the, you know, trends, all, all things like, uh, uh, now there was a guitar, something with a guitar, there can be something about cats. There was the Dolly Parton challenge with some meme on, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. So just staying ready to jump on if there is anything trending. And yeah. we have so much, uh, so much content made from community people playing, you know, our, the songs from the game on piano and they post videos. Yeah. And, so, uh, and then even more people would join in and, and share that as well. So uh, we, yeah. we try to stay close to the community. Sure. Uh, and also, of course, if they have feedback, we also look for that. There are various groups, the channels uh, that we follow. 
And we also have uh, across all our own social media channels, we have 1.6 million followers. So there is a lot of people who either play or have played once upon a time and still follow us. So, yeah. Sure. And are there specific metrics you use to monitor the impact of community and community management? Yeah. So we uh, monitor impressions and reach on the different, like on Instagram and and Twitter and and Facebook. And then uh, our community manager works also close with the product team. So every week we have a weekly meeting like we have on Friday mornings where uh, she will also share the, you know, the statistics of the week, how many new followers do we have Mm -hmm. compared to last week. And we can see that, okay, we, we experiment with when, during the day, when is it the best time to post? Because most of our players are in the US. So we, don't, yeah. we follow their, their time instead of our time. Sure. Sure. Uh, so usually when we leave work, the players wake up. So, yeah. so we yeah. use different tools to you know, schedule posts and, right. and, and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, if you're building so much engagement with the users who are choosing to contribute and engage so, so deeply... I would imagine that is accessing users who are already engaged with Fundrun. Are you able to attribute a lot of new users or new user acquisition to that community management effort as well? Yeah, we try different things with trying out links, deep linking and and all that to see uh, if we can also reach. So we try to aim that about half of the effort we do in community management is aimed at new users Mm-hmm. And uh, we also tried like recruiting campaigns in the game. Uh, so there is a different things we do, but we also do paid UA now, yeah. right? So when we reached 100 million downloads, I think it was 2017, we started talking to a lot of studios, especially in Finland. And we saw that comparing uh, downloads, we were doing uh, great. But when we looked at how we, much money we make on each user, there was a lot of room for improvement. And then we started also trying out doing paid UA, setting up some campaigns. And it was very clear to us that we, well, we had been very mild on the monetization, scared of scaring away the users so we could push, push it a bit more. Uh, so then we shifted the, the focus as well, because up until then we have the main goal was to increase the user base. Mm-hmm. So doing UA and then building uh, our own internal processes for that, hiring an analyst and, and uh, doing some internal uh, work to, to set up that, we are now doing paid UA, but still organic installs is 80% so far, wow. our daily installs. So, um, and as I mentioned, the, the organic installs, most of them are from people who heard about Funrun or they yeah. know about Funrun, so they go and actively search for, for that. And of course, we also work with App Store optimization to make sure that we are visible and looking at keywords and search terms and, and all that. Right. And when you say App Store optimization, does that mean also localization? How important is that in the grand scheme of things for you guys? Yeah, we have localized uh, the game both in-game and in the product descriptions in some countries. Uh, When it comes to localization, we haven't seen that been a big game changer for us. And today, 40% of our installs are in the US and historically it's been about more than 50%. So, uh, but of course we we monitor which languages people have on their phones to play our game and uh, where, 
we see potential. So yeah. we do localize and we test icons, uh, sure. we test screenshots. And so there is a lot going on. But again, it's the word of mouth. Having the game that people want to share and play yeah. with their friends is absolutely the main part of the success of Fun Run. Absolutely. And it, uh, you know, for somebody from the outside looking in, it might seem like you guys just grew straight up to 100 million and you're going to keep going. But I'm curious if there are mistakes that you guys made along the way that you'd be able to share it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've made lots of mistakes and, uh, you know, everything from having that game, as you mentioned, it wasn't, well, you have hopes and you want to succeed with your game, but having that massive success almost overnight, what happened is that they formed the company after that, started hiring. And then, of course, you have this uh, huge success. It was their second game. Uh, You try, they started working on a, a new game. And then you have a new team and you don't know how to, to form the team, how to work together, who decides, and everybody won. Everybody had a voice. Yeah. So what happened is that instead of taking six months, the project took 12 months, and then we didn't even soft launch. We just straight yeah. into the <laughs> worldwide. And yeah. uh, we launched a game that was, uh, it had horrible uh, numbers. So luckily we were able to, you know, realize that we need to stop now. We should have stopped a long time ago. Yeah. And then uh, we saw that there was an opportunity to launch a new game before Christmas. So this was in September, I think, 2014. So uh, learning from all the mistakes with this uh, uh, game <laughs> was not a success. Uh, yeah. They reused the, the back end yeah. uh, and all the tech that had been developed and, and launched FunRun 2 right before Christmas and yeah. right back into the top list again. Yeah. So learning from that, you know, how do you define the roles in the team? Who gets to decide? And everybody can't decide yeah. everything. So yeah. that's been one of the learnings. And of course, yeah. le- working with the trademark that we built with FunRun, we also saw that when we released FunRun 3, we still had the two older games available in the store. And it took us maybe a bit too long time to realize that we were competing with our own apps. Right. So I think we, when we deep dived into the numbers, we could see that you know, we were making a lot more money on, on uh, FunRun 3. So the, the ARP DAO for FunRun 3 was two to four times better than FunRun 1 and 2 because we learned while making these games and also retention was uh, a lot better in the newer game but still the older games was getting all the attention in the store and this was all about you know historical data and algorithms picking up on on all that so we we even tried to unoptimize you know to remove keywords (laughs) to (laughs) to send the traffic to the new game but it didn't work so at some point we started testing to see what happens if we remove uh, FunRun 1 in Turkey. And then uh, what happened is that basically all of the downloads went to FunRun 2. So we didn't lose any. Right. So it, it probably people were just searching for FunRun and they found FunRun, the first game that was presented. Yeah. Uh, so then when we removed FunRun 2, everything, almost everything uh, went to FunRun 3. So then we decided to just remove the old games from the store worldwide. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, I, I can imagine how huge a decision that can be. Also because you guys were such a small team. Right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and also, you know, being a small team has a lot of advantages, but it's, of course, it's also tough because we compete in the same market as everybody else and exactly. for the visibility. And, and usually when we go to conferences and, and meet with other studios, they maybe have for one fourth of my position, they have a team of 10 usually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, it's about being very strict on how we prioritize. Yeah because we develop and we publish ourselves as well. So everything yeah. happens from here. Yeah. Uh, and our studio is also, you know, geographically located quite far from yeah. most of the games industry itself. So, yeah. um, but we have a, a great network and everybody's willing to help each other out in this industry. So it's, it's been okay. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it's been way better than okay. I would uh, yeah. <laughs> suggest. I'm, I'm curious. You guys grew so significantly, and a lot of that growth was primarily organic. Even now, a lot of it's primarily organic. Now, let's say Fundrun was to launch in 2020. Would that same sort of purely organic traction and growth? Do you think that could be possible? Well. I would like to be very optimistic, but probably yeah. not rely that much on organic growth. But I think you, for us, it's about having a game experience that people will, will notice and want to share with others and uh, to, to stand out a bit in the market. So, you know, if you look at other games, we're kind of in, in the middle of genres because there are racing games, but it's mostly cars or motorbikes. And there are running games, but it's mostly endless runners. Sure. And other real-time multiplayer games are a, a bit different. So we hope to, to be able to still uh, stand out. And, you know, having 125 million uh, installs already, a lot of people know about our games. So yeah. either they still play or they played once in a while. So we have a, a, a big opportunity to cross-promote in our mm-hmm. existing games and to, you know, retarget old old players and uh, we are also working on, you know, in, improving monetization in new, newer games that we have. We have several projects, you know, in the works. But yeah, I think you will need to focus on paid UA as well. Uh, but I, I want to say that it's, yes, absolutely still possible to have uh, significant growth, organic. And uh, that's what we aim to do, at least. Indeed, indeed. And uh, thank you for that refreshing perspective on how you guys really bucked the trend and bucked the trend of really going down the route of paid UA and still unlock massive growth and traction for yourselves. Uh, thank you for sharing your story, Annette. Uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.